And now for something completely different. Four, three, two, one. Hi. Welcome to the future. Remember, no guts, no galaxy. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast number 149. 149, 140 mime. Uh, we are your hosts, Phil and Darren. Today is October 26, 2016. And I'd like to say, oh, what is going on, Mama Bear? How are you doing? Other than laughing at me because I can't <laughs> say words and things. It's been a long day. It has indeed been, a long, been a long day. day. And, and now, uh, just so our guest knows, Phil has uh, decided we're going to mime this whole episode. So I hope your, <laughs> your mime skills are up to <laughs> par. But anyway, I'm doing wonderful. I'm very excited about today's show. Uh, obviously, we've been talking about it for a while now yep, and looking yep. forward to it. Um, so yeah, uh, first of all, happy October. And, and as we keep saying and mentioning, we're, we're nearing, we're only, let's see, five days? Five days? Five yeah. days away? Five years of doing this? Five days from five years. Oh, how we have gone so far. And, 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 and I know. And Randall's first comment was already... Speaking right. of, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking let's just cut out all the uh, the stuff in the the beginning, and let's just jump right in to I, our special you know, guest. How are you doing, Randall? Long time. <laughs> this is, of course, uh, I'm doing fine. Good to see you. This is, of course, Randall Bills, managing developer. Is that your correct title? Uh, correct. Okay, managing developer at Catalyst Game Labs. Of course, they are responsible for, as most of you all uh, out there know, the Battletop uh, BattleTech tabletop uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> there we go phil started it it has been a long yeah, day it um feels like a monday as well as Shadowrun, leviathans and other titles you can see them all at uh catalyst game labs uh, com. We'll, we'll drop the link in the can, uh can i chat give here. you a new title instead of managing developer at Cat- can we just say guru of battle tech some people hate that <laughs> word by the way there's a there's an ongoing discussion of the word guru and and many people dislike that term but i would say it applies uh god as, of battletech as, as randall and i were just talking uh he and i kind of got into the game at the same time we're both you know 30ish years of battletech um i'll let randall uh you know speak for himself but uh we both were we both came from uh robotech and then and then got into battletech but yeah both Basically, almost lifetime uh, BattleTech geeks, nerds, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, it uh, it never ends. I just uh, went to a Halloween uh, uh, kind of a trunk or treat thing with a different uh, group of people, and I'm sitting there going like, I-, I don't have time to put a costume together. What am I supposed to do? And even my son is like, Oh, well, you got that new like you know BattleTech uh, jacket, right? You can just be a mech uh-huh. warrior. So. Put the jacket on and throw the hat on from the Hairbrain Schemes Kickstarter stuff and instant mech warrior. So worked, <laughs> there you worked, go. worked good. Grizzled old mech warrior. Except you don't, you, you know, I have to say, you don't really fit the grizzled part anymore. He, it's it's <laughs> no. gone. I, you know, it was so weird. Like I tuned in uh, to that, um, the uh, hyper RPG that for the Battletech and I was like, what the shit happened? Like, why did, what, it's, where did Randall I've go? I've always and... seen you. Invasion and of the Body Snatchers. I know, right? Yeah, that was uh, when I went to Gen Con. Uh, I was actually just talking about this earlier. When I went to Gen Con, there's people there that have known me for 20 plus years. And I don't have a beard and they've never seen me that way. So it was a kind of an endless stream of, 
you know, uh, agog faces as they're trying to figure out what happened. All right. Well, the beards take on a life of their own. And sometimes I do fantasize about not having the beard and, and, and all the uh, quote unquote baggage that comes with it. But now have you gotten the, the comments like you look, you know, 10 years younger and all that stuff? Oh, sure. I got some of that. But, uh, you know, <laughs> the far more was like, where did it where did it go? What happened? <laughs> What's going on? Are you feeling OK? <laughs> I was going to say uh, my wife, she, she's OK with the beard. Just not in the mustache. So is it is it one of those where you, you finally shaved and you cleaned up and your wife was like, you know, I sort of like this. You should keep this more often. Uh, no? Yeah? No, actually. Well, there was it's there's two parts to that. Uh, one is that uh, when my wife and I got married uh, at the time, she actually worked in a hair salon. And so even when we we're just dating, her hair color and hair length changed multiple times. And so very early on, it was pretty much, you know, I don't get to say anything about her hair color or her hair length, and she doesn't get to say anything about my beard. Now, I have stretched that. Uh, There was once or twice where, you know, I came out shaven one time, and she's like, I refuse to have Abe Lincoln in my house. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, the the other, probably what most people remember is about three, geez, might have been four years ago now. Um, that in October, November, Matt Herrett, for those that don't know, he's the graphic layout, um, one of our great graphic layout guys for Catalyst. And he kind of, we were smack talking to each other because he's got a big beard and he started going off about how he could grow a bigger beard than I could. And so then I'm like, well, let's do it. You know, we got nine (laughs) months to, we got nine months to Gen Con. I'm willing to go. Let's go. And so around March or April, my wife decided to braid my beard because it was already crazy. And she took photos and posted up and Matt was like, "Uh, uncle, I'm done. (laughs) Uh, But of course, I'd made the commitment. So I went all the way to Gen Con and it was the most insane beastly. Like all you have to do is type like, you know, Leviathan's beard, Randall or something online and you'll see that and i had also decided to shave my head completely so it was the most insane beastly thing and i came home and she was like it's you're done now oh man you crossed the line yeah so so she she let me do the contest but then once i hit it so no for this as i mentioned before and i also mentioned the hyper uh hyper uh, rpg podcast it was uh church related so for one of the callings i have for my church gotcha so well, I have a question for you, Randall. Wait, wait, this... be- before what is what what topic are you on? Uh, this is I, I'm no, I'm just a gonna... random question. Okay, go for it. And totally BattleTech centric. Now, you, you guys mentioned you guys both came into BattleTech via RoboTech, right? And uh, Macross and all that. Did I'm I not going to ask... say I had a crush on Min May. I didn't. Uh, I was <laughs> I, I was no, a, nobody, I was nobody did. I was no, totally a Lisa fan. No one, no one's judging. This is a judgment-free zone. So I have a question for you, Randall. I don't, I don't. What makes, or why do you think BattleTech like latches on to us and and just I don't know, has kept with, and like takes kept our with, souls. Yeah, or or just like kept with like why do you think it, it stuck with you? Obviously, before maybe you got into it from a you know like a, a job, but like. What is it do you think that just grabs us and just holds us? I mean, literally, I mean, for our entire 
most of the people that we deal with, Randall, just so you know, and I'm sure it's the same with you, uh, are, you know, more than just a passing fan of Battletech. Most of the people I deal with have been in it for, you know, decades, if not around the same amount of time. Um, otherwise, a lot of people come in at Mech Warrior 2, but the, the devotion is incredible. Um, I think that's kind of what he's getting at. Why does this IP or, or, snare yeah, people? Yeah, to you, or, or what, 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 tell us all the things. Yeah, all the I, things. I, there's a yeah, there's so many layers to that. Um, I think one at its heart, and, and I, I I mean this in the nicest way. I'll actually tell a story. Started out, so we're sitting in the FASA offices, and uh, it was this dinky little room shared by all of the developers. So I'm in there as the assistant developer, and then Mike. Um, Mulvahill, who's a Shadowrun line developer, and Brian Neistel, who's the Baltuck line developer at the time, and then Lou Prosperi, who's the Earthdawn line developer. And we're all together. And finally, at one point, like, you know, Lou kind of gets upset and throws his hands up in the air and he's like, why does just, why is Baltech so successful? I just don't get it. Why, why does it just sell and sell? And, and, and my first thought as, you know, both Brian and Mike and us all kind of looked at each other was, first of all, it, it, it's giant robots blowing crap up. Like, how, how can you not love giant robots blowing crap up? So at, at its core, it latches, at, at, you know, that little boy in all of us in that just wonderfully visceral way that, again, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking up at my wall and I got a poster of a giant marauder blowing crap up. And so it, it you know... So, so it, it has that wonderful visceral. And then on top of something that's so simple, you then just layer on all this wonderful uh, storytelling that ties into um, the elements uh, of, the, uh, of characters and clashing nations. And, uh, oh, see, I see that uh, Marauder on the shirt. Nice. Um <laughs> But no, it's the, the 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 clashing nations and the 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 politics of it, the the shades of gray that you know. Even though there were plenty of times when sometimes you'd be like, "Uh, okay, the Davians are painted a little too white hat here," or maybe the uh, compelling confederations are painted a little too black hat there. Um, you know, w- what comes around goes around, and you know, a, a new story arc would start up, and and suddenly it would flip flop a little bit, and. And, you know, like Lauren, I think, did such a brilliant job in the Capellan Solution novels in portraying what had always been, you know, the poor kicking boys of Lao. And suddenly, like, they were compelling. You know, Sun Tzu was really cool to read about. And and you kind of got into his head. And and so I think all of these tie in together to create this uh, that you're I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, it just it latches into you and it, it just never lets go. Absolutely. Now, sorry, just uh, clicking around, checking out all the uh, the fan. Uh, f- f- like, basically, I feel like there's a few IPs and franchises that have done what Battletech and Mech Warriors done. It's almost like Star Wars on a smaller scale. Um, you just get or, or Star Trek. Um, I was trying to think back at the, the you know the what it was about it that that really spoke to me. And I think you're right on the visceral level. When I first walked into that game store, as I've told people before, and I saw that Warhammer on the box cover. Yeah, it was just, you know, well, first of all, I recognize it from Robotech, but it was also giant robots, lasers, auto cannons, missiles, and all the thing, you know, things that the boys like and explosions. And then, it, you know, with Aerotech and, and moving forward, it just 
you know, lots of toys. But I think it what really made it so that here I am 30 plus years later and still love it just as much. And as I told you, I'm, you know, I'm barking on my reading the novels for the 20th time or something. Um, I think it's, it's the deeper aspects of it, which is basically, I, you know, there's, uh, somebody just mentioned him in chat, the YouTuber that, um, did that video on Battletech, like what is Battletech? And basically he was, you know, describing it as a cross between, um, Game of Thrones and giant robots, you know, and I agree there's all the politics and the, um, just amazing storyline and the history and the characters that develop. And, while it wasn't all perfect, we've had you on the podcast before, and there's things that you mentioned with tabletop, especially you know that you'd change or whatever. Um, looking back, uh, hindsight. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's still beautiful, man. It was like the people that were involved. I think it was just you know lightning in a bottle, and and everything just happened for this title. I think it's also you know mecha mechs or whatever um, are popular worldwide, but I think BattleTech stood out as being the kind of mech that I identified with, which is just humongous stompy mechs that weren't, you know, and I'm not, I'm not jabbing other types of mechs or franchises out there, but they weren't super zippy fast flying back and forth. They felt like 50, hundred ton war machines. And maybe that's an American thing. I don't know. Um, I've heard it described that way before, but I feel like, you know, I just identified with it and yeah, it's been a love affair for 30 something years. Well, it's it, it, it's absolutely that case that, uh, you know, talking to Jordan about how he envisioned it is that he, you know, again, fell in love with uh, Robotech, fell in love with these giant mechs. But also then as he was thinking to himself, one, he doesn't, you know, he, he can't make Robotech. So how does he make it different? And then he also realizes that a, a more Western style of storytelling isn't teenagers saving the universe. It's, you know, the fall of Rome. Yes. Uh, and, and so really, that's what it was. It was take these giant things that are super agile and fast and being piloted by piloted by teenagers. And again, I'm with you, loved Robotech to death. But then you twist it into walking tanks and uh, kind of a more adult themes of the fall of the Roman Empire, which is what the succession wars are. And so that that sculpted it a lot better for a Western audience. I was going to yeah. say the thing that caught me, um, I was 12. Yeah, I was 12 when I got my first novel was just the cover artwork. I mean, 12 years old, you, you know, as cliche as it is, you know, you judge a book by its cover. And I saw lasers. I saw this robot. And that's 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 how I got into it. Um, just sort of a chance, you know, thing. Um, but, you know, not to go down further this rabbit hole, but. As an adult now, do you read the novels or go through the stories and do you have a different perspective uh, or what is your perspective now reading them? Um, you know, do, do you envision more of a, a um, I guess, an adult perspective? I don't know. Like, how is it, you know, shaped how you that, look at Battletech? Uh, that's kind of hard to say because, you know, the, there's so many different layers to that. There's the... There's the fan, there's the little boy inside of us that is, you know, still there, <laughs> just, you know, lo lo loving to get out uh, as often as they can. Uh, there's an adult storyteller. Um, there's the the business side of it. There's the professional uh, developer side of it. So there's 
there's a lot of different layers. And in a lot of ways, it's it can actually be incredibly hard to separate them. You know, like uh, my poor family and kids will be <laughs> watching a show, a name a show, whatever it might be, you know, to, elementary or whatever and i particularly if it's like something that's it's really well done it's got a lot of good plot development uh and i will suddenly pause it and you know i I did this for bryn i'm just starting to do this with uh my next youngest uh rihanna where i'll pause the show and i'll be like where's it gonna go and and they'll roll their eyes and then they'll try to figure it out and and so it it got to be a point where you know Bryn could tear down the stories uh incredibly well and part of that is that you know I love good stories and and BattleTech as a whole is such an amazing story and like I said sure there's you know each of us have our particular novels we love best or some novels that didn't really work for us but as a whole it's really amazing, and so you, you you tear those stories down, and you figure out why are those stories working, or or why don't they work? Um, and so it's hard for me to uh, unweave all those various elements. That definitely, I I look at something a lot different now than I would have as a kid. But in a lot of ways, I'm still looking back at, you know, hey, 30 years later, this grabbed me. So there's something important there that I need to make sure that I'm still capturing every time I'm doing that. I love that exercise that you do with your kids. I do that um, internally when watching shows. Uh, You know, I've actually never heard anybody else talk about doing that, predicting storylines. I feel like a lot of, you know the the stuff for shovel fed or whatever and and again i watch some of them so i'm not judging <laughs> anybody um very predictable you just you know it's a basic story method that they use and you know where it's going you know where it's going to end um but uh yeah i agree with battletech novels cuz like i said i've been reading these since you know the mid 80s early 80s i feel like the novels have grown with me in in that when i was young there were certain things that were grabbing me back then, and it might have been the mech combat. But as I grew older, I felt like I was able to appreciate different elements of it, maybe got more into the the story arcs or the, the character arcs and, and you know, uh, the politics and the subterfuge and all the, you know, the other stuff. Um, that's one thing about them. I feel like the books don't lean on you know, they're not Michael Bay. They don't just lean on the mech combat and the explosions. There, There is actually character development and stories. Now, of course, these, you know, these a lot of these novels written in the 80s, and there's issues with that. But, you know, it's nostalgic for me, and, and they're near and dear. But I've literally read most of the novels, and we were mentioning this too, up to the Dark Ages, uh, over and over and over again, personally. Uh, I'm probably on, like I was saying, my 20th time through that. I start off with uh, Decision at Thunder Rift, and I just go full bore uh, through the series again. And and I'm 80%. I'm, I'm uh, reading it on my, my phone here. I'm 80% through Decision at Thunder Rift again. Uh, you know, <laughs> But I love it. I'm as captivated by this story now as I was 20 years ago or 30 years well, ago or whatever. It, and I think I, what I've done personally in my life, and we've talked a lot about this, Darren, is my military experience and my worldly experience that I, you know, in a very short period of time. And then I, I've taken that. And when I read or I watch any movies or I read anything about military, I'm 
it's I guess it's just sort of second nature. I I project that when I'm reading it, but also too is all the other sci-fi or you know uh, fictional stuff like Game of Thrones and stuff. You take those, and I guess that sort of leads into uh, you know I guess a question of BattleTech and moving forward in the novels and um, you know creating the next I guess step for BattleTech and I'm you know um, and. Oh my god, that thing is gigantic, dude! Like <laughs> even his bowl of like coffee. But uh, yeah, no, I, I you know we're moving on to uh, the, the topic of the novels, and you guys are re-releasing the novels in ebook format uh, or EPUB, uh, and it's available on Amazon Kindle and compatible devices. Um, and you guys are releasing. Uh, we've got uh, the Thunder Rift, Blood of Kerensky, which Blood of Kerensky is where I started the the novels at. Uh, Wolves on the Border, uh, thirty six titles in total. Um, so far, so far. Uh, you know, like for me, I I'm not gonna lie. I like having a physical copy. Like I I I don't like. Is that just me? Is that just weird? I like the smell of books. Is that well, weird? real quick. Um... No, it's, that's not no, weird okay. at all. Just making sure. I just dropped the link in there for, uh, for the Battle Shop on Battlecore, the website. Uh, if anybody's interested, that's the place where you can buy both. Um, Randall, I think you got your uh, push to talk. Uh, you can buy all of the novels that are up right there. Um, they are in EPUB format. So like I was saying, I just got uh, Thunder Rift for my phone. I do have it on on you know in book format as well. My Kindle, I'm in love with it on my phone. I can read anytime, anywhere. Um, there's 36 Legends titles out right now that are available on the Battle Shop or in the Battle Shop, um, including the ones that Phil said, those series and, and a, a lot more. Um, and more to come. Randall, you said uh, you're going to try and release how many? Uh, well, all told, there's there's over 100 Battletech novels in the in the entire series. And so we're just slowly working through. And some of this is... It's actually a lot of effort. You know, the, there was the whole sure. legal side and getting it all squared away with Tops, who's the who's the owner of the entire uh, non-electronic side of the IP. And then there's working with the authors. And so there's that whole side of it. And then there's simply the side of, you know, some of these files, when we originally dig them up, were on, uh, you know, three and a quarter inch drives <laughs> and o- o- old software that doesn't even exist anymore. And so you'd have to get special software that can crack that software open to then be able to export it, to then be able to run it through two or three things and then you got to review it. And so it, it it's actually been a pretty long road to get here. Uh, and, and we wanted to do it. You know, the, the community deserves it. The, this library of books deserves it. Uh, but it just takes a while. So we've been rolling them out. Uh, we try to get one new one every week. It uh, doesn't always occur that way. But, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep powering on them until they're all out. Uh, That's awesome. Now, now, speaking back to your comment about the physical books. Now, uh, I noticed the video is way behind where I'm speaking. So I, I'm going to try to point this and hopefully I will do it right. That you mentioned that you love a physical book more than <laughs> oh, anything. I, I've seen your room, and I've so <laughs> yeah. That that's, yeah. That's oh, just, Randall. That's just the the fiction novels that I have, and then that's I have amazing. all the game, and then the games are all over on that side, and then you know I got a ton of theology books and research books upstairs, and and you name it. So I so you I, love oh, physical books as so well. So I love physical books as well. I mean, it's funny. I love electronics in so many ways, and. PDFs are brilliant for gameplay. 
in particular for research, like the the invention of the ability to search through a hundred PDFs for that one line that's going to mess your research up on a yeah. on a given subject is the coolest thing ever. Um, but that being said, when it comes to reading, I have the hardest time not wanting to curl up on the couch with a good physical book in my hand. Now comes in the business side of things. We have no way of knowing if we simply published these books again. Are you know if we spin up a three four thousand print run, is there going to be three four thousand people that are still going to buy it? Are the stores that are going to carry it? You know the Barnes and Nobles and all the ways you used to be able to sell these. Are those going to be able to carry it? Uh, and so those have been questions that you know and that's that it's it's expensive. Gotcha. Um, now we have and and so to date that has stymied those efforts. Now print on demand has come an insanely long way and we are working really hard to uh you know the 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 first part of the process was getting all of these transferred over into electronic epub formats and we've got a good you know third of the line and we're continuing on that process and now that that's well underway we're now looking at you know can we figure out and we're pretty close to it uh how to offer these up on as print on demand uh, and for those that are really nuanced and know their books really well, you can tell the difference. But most people, the, the print on demand has gotten so good, most people can't actually tell the difference between what was printed for mass market and what was print on demand. And so fingers crossed by the end of the year, we might actually be able to start offering some of these up uh, as print on demand and then just rolling that forward. Because I know there's a lot of people that, you know, hey, I decided to sell them and now I regret it or the flood came and took it or my mom sold it or whatever it was. So there's a lot of people that would love to get these again. And we're definitely working on that. Have you guys, uh, you know, with HBS's success through Kickstarter and stuff, has that been something that you guys, uh, some type of crowdfunding or Kickstarter to where, you know, someone could technically buy one or a series of books? I mean, is that, I don't know if that's an option. It's it's um, figuring out the demand, right? Like, yeah, it's it's always about figuring out the demand, and then Kickstarter has all other issues in crowdfunding. Don't get me wrong; I love crowdfunding. You know, uh, uh, I, I've personally only done it once with the Duke, uh, one of our tiling games, um, but I have. You know, on the side, watched and been a part of a lot of these, and again, the Hairbrain Schemes BattleTech one. Um, but <clears throat> there's there's other issues at work that don't always allow that to 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 go as easily as you'd like it to. Understood. We don't know what we don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the the bottom line is, uh, as far as the the digital copies, I think they're extremely convenient. I read, you know, twenty minutes before I go to bed, or when I go to bed, I read for twenty minutes before I pass out, and I, it's hard for me when I, you know, I got my wife in there to uh, have the light on and, and read a book or whatever. So I find that the digital copies extremely. Uh, convenient and it makes it so that I can read you know a couple of books a month or whatever and 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 just read on it whenever I get some spare moments but I'm also a person who loves the hard copy I mean I love the smell of books and and just being around books um so yeah I mean I would be one of those people who would absolutely buy a print on demand I think that's awesome I had no idea you were looking into that I, I do know we talked to you a few years back and you were talking about you know this was before the epub started releasing that you wanted to do it um so it's awesome to hear that that is going well and that there's a p potential basically for getting the the books hard copy. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I tried. I tried to get the, the, the 
books in hard copy. Phil has a lot of them. I unfortunately <laughs> got rid of most of you know through the years growing up, moving around, living on my own. I got I lost a lot of my stuff, including the Battle Droids uh, box set, which mm, kills me. But uh, oh, that that's hurtful, man. Sorry, big, big time. <laughs> But uh, the book's included, and so I decided, well, I'll just go get them on eBay. But have you checked, like, Amazon and eBay? Sometimes those old books, the originals, and I'm not talking amazing condition or hardback, obviously. They go for hundreds of dollars. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that some of those are – well, and the really funny part is that some of them, like the the Sword and the Dagger, for me personally – just isn't that good of a book but it's oh, just no. it's one of the very first and so it's it and it's the hardest one to get a hold of so are, are those uh, fighting I totally words uh <laughs> no i i'm in total agreement with them okay it's uh it, and you know it's it's funny because uh someone, i still read it though someone recently asked us you know it always sort of comes up we have a thread where on our, should uh, i start where should i start and i'm like start under rift man thunder, thunder rift, rift. yeah but once once you get into it get sword in the dagger or read it but Read it just for the information and the background and the story. That's important. The, sure, the, absolutely. But yeah, the, I would never point them there as the first book. It's to go so through. it's so. There was points in time when I was reading it and I was like, "Does the author understand this? Like, scale and perspective was off." And I was like, "I don't even know right now." Anyways, but uh, well, t- to be honest, if you go back and and. You know, you you'd know since you're just starting to reread those that so you know the original God, maybe six or seven books, particularly the Decision of Thunder Rift, that they were still getting their the the aesthetics of BattleTech down. Yeah. So in Decision at Thunder Rift, you know, there's uh there's points where mechs are like skidding along the ground and you know really doing stuff that we just you don't really do anymore um and again they were you know they were they were they were helping to craft what would eventually become the aesthetic through the novel so you know often i read that and it just makes me smile because i you know i i remember reading that at the time and and watching that evolution yeah you know i talked to uh william h keith jr is that their full name yeah yeah uh yes several years ago (laughs) uh actually i think did we interview yes i think we did no we were going to and that email he sent yeah it anyway there was a lot of mm, interesting he just just didn't even like really he was like people still really read these novels basically and it was like i don't even remember the stories he was (laughs) like uh so i'm probably not gonna be a very good guest i think there's uh pros and cons of working with uh, you know a lot of different um authors in a series i mean obviously star trek star wars all these uh various um ips do that and you know i'm fine with it i i can live with it i i I know people have their quirks and, and different styles and and um, I can I can live with it. I enjoy the stories regardless. But one thing I was going to bring up, Randall, is that you're not only the managing director of uh, Catalyst Games, but you were also an author, right? Uh, yeah. I've, uh, How written... many of those books are yours? Five of them. Yes, indeed. One, two, yep. three, four, five. Yeah, I think five sounds right. Yeah, two, uh, two in you know pre Dark Age novels, and then three Dark Age novels. So can I, can I ask you? <laughs> moving moving forward so you guys are doing reprints uh is there discussion about continuing the storyline and or it, new novels will, you're talking on, about will yeah will canon include dark age 
Like, can what are your thoughts on that entire thing? Are we going to see newer? Well, novels? remember he wrote novels for the Dark Age. So. Well, I know, but <laughs> it, it's always an interesting topic of saying some people consider it and some people like Randall's used just to all cut this. the hand off and. Oh yeah, sure. No, no. Um, well, one, I, there, I think there was multiple questions in there. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll, I'll try and parse them out. Uh, first of all, almost everyone wants to know about when are we going to get new novels? Uh, we published one uh, new novel last year, or no, actually earlier this year. And uh, it kind of comes back to what I was talking about, uh, the print-on-demand and bringing back the legends that... It is incredibly hard to make a business of releasing novels unless you have the backing of the uh, chain stores, meaning like Barnes and Noble, and having that good distribution chain. And it can, uh, you know, the the success and the the just wild uh, extreme conversion over into EPUBs has made publishing physical books just more complicated has made everyone a little more leery about it. Uh, and so it's just been a long process uh, because you, again, you have to forge these relationships with these stores that are going to, they're going to be willing to carry it. And so, you know, we've said many, many times over the years, Hey, we, you know, we're still working on this. And, and a lot of people are, are fine and they'll, they'll stick with us because they've been with us for years and years. And they know that sometimes it takes a while, like <clears throat> interstellar ops, but we eventually get that thing out. <laughs> um, uh, but others, you know, can rightly so get a little frustrated that, well, man, why does it take so long? But again, it's just the, these, these relationships and these businesses can, can just take a long time to, to forge. Well, now, not to mention just writing a new novel, right? That takes time. Oh, well, that, that's a whole other thing. Uh, yeah. and, and yes, it does take time, but you can tap multiple authors and you can do things like, you know, have four, uh, uh, all new novels just sitting there ready to go, which is what we have right now for Battletech, um, just waiting for those final steps to get into place. Now, uh, for those that follow Shadowrun at all, uh, we've actually published, I think we're up to seven or eight physical novels now. And part of that was because we had launched uh, Shadowrun 5th uh, edition. And so we were... Um, you know, that was part of the, the push on that side was to get those novels out. And so we're, we've gotten that track record, we've built that up and now we're, you know, finally able to then show them, Hey, we made this work. We can make Battletech work as well. So there's a, there's a few more meetings to have and a few more T's to cross. And unfortunately these meetings could be over tomorrow or they could take another four months. Um, but you know, we're, we're still dedicated to this. Uh, you know, again, hopefully you can tell by the process that it took just to get the legends to come back, uh, that we are, you know, completely committed to, uh, trying to make this happen. Um, so yeah, like I said, we, we have four novels that are done and in the can and just waiting for us to get those last business parts and those relationships we need to start moving forward. Okay. I have a question about those four novels, but first somebody in chat said, why are you wearing a shadow run shirt? And the reason why is because uh, catalyst also, uh, handles shadow run the, the, the role-playing game, as well as he just mentioned the novel. So, uh, like I said before, CatalystGameLabs.com, or you can go to uh, the Battle Store at BattleCore.com as well, and you can purchase those things. 
Um, so that is why, and that's another awesome title. And and Hairbrain does the uh, video game versions, obviously. Uh, a great, another great IP with a great story. Um, now, are you able to say anything about these? I've never, I didn't know you had four novels sitting there. Can you say anything about them? Uh, no, that's not amazing. Really. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I think John, so John Helfers is our novel line editor. And I think if I just, uh, threw some stuff out there with, uh, without him, uh, knowing what I'm totally doing, understand. Get, get a little clearance. He might get a little, uh, <clears throat> a little miffed at me. So that, so that's, so that's one of the questions. The second question is, um, uh, dark age and, and is it canon? Uh, and for <laughs> us, and, and for us, it's canon. Uh, we, we completely understand that, you know, there are some people that that just wasn't their cup of tea. And, you know, I kind of go back to, you know, I still run into players that never really moved out of 3025. They didn't even like the clan invasion. Uh, and, and all they do is play in that era. And so we, we have always taken, it's actually one of the reasons why over the last three or four years, um, well, and actually, man, uh, going all the way back to FamPro days, um, one of the things I really wanted to do was say, you know, while yes, BattleTech always has a, an arrow moving forward and we're always trying to expand the universe forward and, and grow it, but, you know, we have a thousand years to play with. And while there's plenty of books that cover all those years, you know, there's also plenty of time periods where there's more stories to tell. And so, you know, when I did the war of uh, the historical war of 3039 book, you know, man, God, I think like 15 years ago now, um, it was the first time that a Battletech, that we'd ever done a Battletech book that basically was a big meaty source book about a war that was in the past. Uh, and now, of course, we've got, you know, tons and tons of it. You know, three or four years ago, we went through a whole Star League and just fleshed it out with arrow books and more field manuals. And and so there's lots of great stories to tell there. So, you know, if Dark Age isn't your cup of tea, that's awesome. There's still, you know, lots of other eras that we still go back and still tell stories in. Um, and then I think the final bit of your question was, I think was, are we ever going to move forward beyond even the dark age where we are kind of right now? Uh, and yes. So, um, and I was actually just talking about this with, uh, all of our freelancers. So, uh, Battletech has, it's such a giant property and it can be so huge to manage that there are simply times where you kind of run into lulls where it's, it's kind of a, a huge collective taking your breath. You know, I always go back to uh, like after the clan invasion was done, you know, you get to the end of the uh, blood of Kerensky trilogy and it's 1992 and from 1992 until about 1996, almost nothing significant happened. Uh, it was some nice, great little stories, but there weren't any big, really pushing forward story arcs. And it's because in a lot of ways, if you ask them, they'll tell you once they got to the truce of, Tuk- of Tukia, then they weren't really sure how to go forward. Where were they going to take the really large story arcs? And so every once in a while, you just kind of get that. You get to the end of an era and suddenly there's... Uh, there's kind of a lull. And so we, we've been in kind of a lull as we're, you know, we kind of wrapped up a lot of the stuff that we wanted to do in, in uh, covering dark age. And we kind of hit a lull for a little bit and published some other stuff and did some other stories. And, and now we're just starting to, to ramp up again. Uh, and there's been a, a source book called the ill clan source book that again, for those that have been uh, knowing about that and kind of waiting for it, it's one of the pivotal last 
books that will wind up a lot of the story threads that have woven through the Dark Age. Uh, and that's back on track for uh, releasing uh, next spring. And we're really starting to develop where we're going to go from there. And and another reason why we kind of had this pause is that part of the reason that the Jihad in particular, uh, kind of flipping from Dark Age back to the Jihad, one of the reasons the Jihad was very different and in a lot of ways really difficult to do is we didn't have novels at all. And so developing and pushing the story from source books only was a very different way than Baltic had ever done before. And even though I'm really proud of what we did with the Jihad, and I thought it brought a lot of different new style and flavor for people to enjoy, uh, I think at the end of the day, Battletech works best if the major storylines are pushed forward via the novels, and then the source books follow up and flesh things out. And so hopefully all of these businesses and all of the these relationships that we're forging have reached a point where we can start not only bringing new novels back and i i would like to see new novels back in the you know 30 25 or you know heck i just had a conversation with brent about and, and actually this was sorry uh, brent evans is our art director um he came up with this great idea of you know okay well what if you Instead of necessarily doing straight up 3025 stories, what if you rolled it back to the end of the 2900s and you start telling some stories about the the parents of the primary characters? So just how 3050 was the children of the original 3025 era. So, you know, it's uh, Victor versus Hans and so on. You know, go to... Uh, Carlisle's Commandos and tell that story. And can we actually get Bill Keith to write that story about, you know, uh, the Grey Death Legion when it was his father and how did the Carlisle yeah. Commandos? And so that got me super excited. I was, you know, bouncing in my chair. So uh, I still want to hit those eras, but then hopefully we can actually get back to using novels to forge the storyline completely past the Dark Age into a whole new uh, cool era. So. Yeah, lot, lot, lots I, of elements in there we're working on. I think that sounds amazing. And one thing uh, I, I think I've made the distinction is reading the novels from start to the end, not Dark Age included, um, you see this sort of escalation of force, if you will, on how battles became bigger. And some of the smaller stories to me, which is really captivating, right? Thunder Rift and uh, even Blood of Kerensky started ramping it up to where battles got bigger and bigger and bigger. And you got to that section. And I remember it's like, well, okay, so, you know, Victor, they go and they kick ass, they come back. Well, what's next? You know, like, where do they go? And that was one of the things where I was like, okay, yeah, I can see sort of what they're trying to do, right? They're trying to jump ahead and start something new, right? Because we've done it already. You've had the invasion, you've had the, you know, formation of Star League again and, all, and you know, all that. So um, to me, I always feel like some of the best novels are the, the side stories, if you will. Just, the smaller you know, scale stuff. Just the, yeah, that, that average Joe, if you will. And it, you'll you'll grab pieces, they'll grab pieces, and you'll hear little implications of stuff going on in the universe. Like, um, But it'll just be like referenced sometimes, like, oh, this happened on such and such planet or whatever. It's, um, like, uh, it's like Star Wars, yeah. you know, the original Star Wars where they reference uh, the rebels stealing the plans, and now you got a movie coming out, you know, next month. A, or a couple months about that whole story. I feel like there are so many references in the original novels that you could, you know, like 
people are saying in chat. I mean, you have my wallet. If you uh, do the series on Carlisle's Commandos or whatever, uh, any of those, I am. I do like the early ones. Um, a question I do have is how far back have you considered going? You're talking about like the year 2900 ish or whatever. Um, you, you mean for novels? Yeah. How far back would you go for, for new fiction? Oh, I, 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 you know, the sky's the limit. I, I mean, I, I, I think for the initial ones, uh, I would definitely probably want to go back to, uh, like I said, the, I've Brent mentioned the Carlisle's commandos about six months ago. Uh, and that's really the, the more oh, I, that would be so good. The more I've read it, just, you know, sit cogitating in the back of my head, the more I've thought like, man, that, yeah, that's absolutely, if we go and do a historical thing, that should be one of the very first things that we do. But after that, you know, the, the sky's the limit. I mean, you know, <clears throat> speaking of things that, you know, need to get done, haven't got done yet. I still have a, you know, a third novel for, you know, the founding of the clans trilogy to write someday. Uh, so, you know, you know, there's, there's just so many great stories and, and, and that, I, I think that's kind of goes all the way back to that very beginning you were talking about, about why does this story so captivate that we've a hundred plus novels and, you know, 400 plus source books and, you know, 50 plus million words. I think we're actually pushing up towards a hundred million words and yet we can still find amazing stories to tell. So it's just, it, it's just awesome. Just well, awesome. Sort of what uh, I think you've had um, uh, a hand in, I guess, uh, hairbrained schemes and what they're doing, which is uh, they're not telling the main story of what's going on in the universe. Instead, they're saying, you know what? We want to still piece of the pie. Let's go up to the periphery. Let's let's. And to me, that sort of goes the same thing, Darren, which is they're telling a small story. It still has big implications because it's part of the bigger picture here, but it allows you to basically start anew, if you will, with possibly new characters and new and, you know, new story arcs. And, and um, I don't know, just, just something like that is really intriguing to me. And of course, you know, Battletech. Uh, that would be cool, though. I was just thinking, you know, you could just basically go to um, Grayson's father. How about Saint? And and of course, you mentioned. It. I was like, oh no, shit, that's funny. <laughs> All right, so obviously, so ju- sorry, just no, to clarify, uh, I'm seeing in the chat somebody was talking about the 400. Um, couple of things one i was including all the box sets and all of that and then two i forget that my shelf has all of the uh, like the tech readout shelf is an entire shelf that includes every like revision and revised and updated and so yeah i think some of those kind of cheat a little bit and maybe inflated larger than i was saying so just you know to clarify <laughs> well it's still hundreds right i mean I it's, mean... it's ton- uh, i did link again there the battle core site you can see everything that's for sale uh tons of stuff i mean it's who doesn't like i mean i you know in a lot of ways those tro's back in the day were like uh, daily reading for me i just love uh, you know all the 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 rule books the source books the readouts um and you've got all that record sheets, hex packs. You got tons of stuff there for the tabletop, as well oh, yeah. as absolutely. Um, you know the 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 re-release of the novels. Is there anything? Ha- what's happening right now? Well, first of all, uh, the novels. We were talking about the artwork and the original artwork in the eighties. The novels. You're you're redoing the cover work, right? The artwork. Yeah. Well, for the legends, really, all uh, we've done two things. For a few of the books, we actually did all new art. Uh, most of the art, we're actually just diving down deep into the archive and, and pulling stuff out and releasing it that way. 
Um, when we actually get to printing them and print on demand, whether we'll keep that archived art or move to get, having all new art on every print on demand, that's that's a question we haven't asked yet or, or answered yet. So what is the status of, um, I think we've covered the novels, even though we could, uh, Phil and I could easily talk about this for another hour, we're not going to keep you. Um, the tabletop, what is the status? Now you've been, I don't want to say you're a con man, because you're not, but you've been going to Gen Con, you've been going to a lot of these conventions, um, and I know you're, you're you're working with other titles, Shadowrun, et cetera, but what is happening with the Battletech tabletop right now? I know there's been some, like some minis, you know, some pictures going around of these new minis that you're working on, potentially. Where are we at? What do we have coming up possibly in the next year or whatever? Well, the the minis are always painful to discuss. Uh, I know. They're so beautiful. <laughs> well, they are. They're just difficult. Uh, mi- miniatures are just difficult for any company to do. And when, you know, like, you know, I kind of joke and say we can, you know, trip and fall out of bed and stand up with a book in our hands. We're really good at making books. And every time we've attempted to stretch ourselves and make something new and different, uh, there's been stumbling and there's been blocks and, you know, for those that, you know, followed the travails of Leviathan, which is a, a you know, alternate uh, 1910 setting miniatures game that we did, that dang game was as cursed as curse can be and just endless problems. And it was all surrounding the, the, the miniatures. And, and part of it is that we're, we're never quite satisfied with, you know, just good quality. We always want great quality. And, you know, I swear it felt some days like Leviathans was going to kill us because we just went so over the top of the miniatures. And so for Battletech, it's the same thing. You know, we're, we're constantly trying to improve the quality. And so, you know, uh, under FanPro, uh, we did the first plastic miniatures uh, uh, the latter years of FanPro, uh, first plastic miniatures since the third edition box set. And they were pretty crappy quality, uh, but it was, you know, it's what we had at the time. It's like, yay, plastics are back. Uh, and then we came out with the next set, which is the current box set, as well as the Lance packs and, and hugely jumped up the quality. And now we're in the process of, we want to jump the quality up even a lot more. Um, and so that's, you know, that's just a long process and we're, feels like we're almost there, but that's about all I can say on on that front. So those are basically um, prototypes that we've been seeing, right? The pictures. Yeah, are... yeah. The, the pictures and photos, absolutely. Those are rapid prototypes. Uh, and, and then you know you take that and did it work, and then you got to send it off to the actual manufacturer. Um, and you know then they have to you know and then you got to pay for a mold and do the mold testing. And there's just a whole series of uh, uh, of insanity that all piles up around minis. Uh, for the rest of it, uh, we've actually had a really awesome year for uh, for Battletech Publications. We published the uh, first Succession Wars book uh, about six months ago uh, that had a lot of <clears> – <throat> one of the things I always try to do is uh, – obviously, the first Succession Wars was covered in so many different ways throughout all the, the original uh, house source books and then the house handbooks that we did. Um, but every time we try to do it, I always try to uh, – bring a new perspective or do something that's never been done before, never showed before. And I think my two best examples on that is when uh, Chris Hartford and Chris Trossen wrote uh, the Operation Klondike source book. 
um, that the particular that details that they had done had been covered in like, oh my gosh, seven, eight, nine different source books <laughs> through the field manuals and the original clan and, and Jade Falcon Wolf book and novels. And so how do you do it in a totally different way? And so what they did was came at it from the whole the tone of the book and the style and the presentation was also wonderfully different that it just it was so evocative in a whole new way it felt like you're reading the story for for a brand you know for the first time right so that's that's one way to do it and then another thing for like the handbooks was for example we put uh, maps all through the ages so we actually showed what the founding of a particular house looked like in map form, which had never been done before. That's amazing. Uh, and so with the first succession wars, we did the same thing. There's, there's a, there's a couple of really cool things uh, within there that we've never really detailed before. Uh, and Herb did a fantastic job and it's, it's gotten nothing but rave reviews. I really think it's definitely one of the better source books we've done in quite a while. Uh, and then we've published uh, combat manual mercenaries and combat manual uh, curita uh, which are both for Alpha Strike. Uh, now, for those that don't know what Alpha Strike is, Alpha Strike is our uh, kind of fast play rule set. Uh, it takes a uh, eight and a half by eleven battle mech record sheet and shrinks it down to a two by five by three by five card. Uh, and so you can play out. You know, if you're doing a company on company, that's easily what four to five hours. Um, of normal Battletech play, even if everyone at the table knows what they're doing and is not sidetracking themselves too much. Uh, and in Alpha Strike, you can play that out in under an hour. Or you can flip it and jump up to, you know, almost a battalion and run a battalion in four or five hours. So it's a really good, you know, it doesn't replace Battletech. It's just a different, you know, great way to to get in that quick hour of your, your Battletech jonesing you need when you don't have a whole evening to play. And so or a the, couple of days. <laughs> or, or, or a couple of days. A month. Uh, well, well I, I ran a, 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 every two weeks or so, <laughs> doesn't always work out. Uh, I do a Battletech game for about three or four hours with some friends. And usually I just do a quick small scenario and I, I kind of built a scenario uh, and I just, totally overshot and built it way too big and we played for three or four hours and we're like barely halfway through so i'm like eh, well throw the throw the uh because i have like a, a double deck set up where it's a four foot by eight foot plywood board underneath and that's what all my heroscape sits on and then i just have some wooden blocks around the edge and i throw a board on top of that and that's when i do other board games and role-playing games and so on and so luckily i'm like ah we're not gonna finish that one throw the top board on and we'll get back to it in two weeks <laughs> um but the 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 two combat manuals are basically field manual styles for the alpha strike uh and they're set uh, 3050 era so it's lots of great fodder for whether you're doing 3025 you know the the succession wars era or the combat excuse me, the clan invasion era and it's all full color. So it's some gorgeous art and some gorgeous minis in there. Um, and then the last two things that we've published, one was uh, interstellar operations, which I happened to mention earlier. It, uh, that was one of the most painful projects that I've ever had to work on. Um, it, it took years and years to get done. And part of it was the, the sheer scale of what we were trying to do, we just bit off way, way more than I ever imagined it would uh, require. And it killed multiple authors and multiple developers. And uh, But finally, finally, finally got that published. 
Uh, and then the last book that we published in uh, August, well, August, September was Campaign Operations, uh, which kind of rounded up the whole thing. Um, so it's, you know, seven total rule books that started with Total Warfare 10 years ago. Uh, and that one I really love because it finally is a updated rule set for, uh, you know, building and running your own uh, combat command, whether it's a mercenary or it's a house unit. Um, it took um, uh, Ben Rome and Paul Sajardin were two authors that uh, originally crafted the war chest um, system. Um, which was kind of a, a build and run your campaign light rules. And it would end up being so popular as chaos campaign that it actually got published through a lot of different books. And we kind of, he kind of compiled it all together and fleshed it out and gave us kind of like the, the premier deluxe edition of that. Uh, you know, there's um, uh, other different types of campaign play in there. So it's just really you know, the, the one-stop shop for any type of more longer term campaign play you want to, you, uh, you want to dive into. So that's kind of everything that that's out and you can go and grab, um, the stuff that we're working on now, probably the biggest thing. And, and you guys are getting an absolute sneak peek because we have not said one word about this. Um, Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you have yeah. me on the edge of my seat. Look at you. You pause right there. I hope everybody's well, I, listening, guys. I, well, well, I paused because my window. There it is. For some reason, <laughs> my window suddenly went dark, and I'm like, "Did I?" Just I'm like leaning forward. Something. No, I mentioned it a little bit in the um, uh, in that hyper uh, RPG thing. So uh, the. Uh, it, it's actually interesting looking back and I, I, I actually did up a little sticky note right here uh, just to look at it. Cause it's always fascinating. So the, the BattleTech manual, which was the very first rule book published in like 1987. And then three years ago, th- uh, sorry, three years later, the BattleTech content compendium published in 1990. And then I didn't realize this, but for clockwork for the next three times of four years each, is when each of the next Battletech rulebooks were published. Battletech Compendium Rules of Warfare, the Battle, uh, the uh, Battletech Master Rules, and then Battletech Master Rules Revised were each like 94, 98, 2002. Which, and then even on to Total Warfare was four years later at 2006. I don't think that was ever a, you know, that was a goal. It just kind of ended up being that way. And so Total Warfare now has been around for 10 years as the core rulebook for the game. Uh, you know, th- what, three times as long, almost two and a half times as long as anything's ever been done before. Sure. Now, there's a lot of people that um, there, there's so much to love about Total Warfare. And uh, but there's some huge Achilles heels embedded in Total Warfare. And part of that is that going into Total Warfare, there there was no way that I could justify to my bosses and to myself when I'm wearing my business hat that I could um, do a new, you know, Aerotech book or a new Aerotech box set or some of these other expansions of rules. And, you know, Aerotech had Aerotech and then Battlespace and then it had another Aerotech book and then it had another Aerotech book revised 
And each one of those just really didn't do that well, unfortunately. And so my goal in Total Warfare was, well, screw that. You know, I don't want to miss any chance of people being able to enjoy a new rule set. So I just crammed every conceivable thing that's in the Baltic universe into one rule set. And so that eventually grew into this concept of, you know, hey, I got a rule for that, which is, you know, again, I joke that if you're, um, you know, you want to fight a fight with battle mechs and battle armor on a sinking uh, aircraft carrier and, you know, then get off of it and get onto the drop ship and fly up and do a combat drop back down and all of that. We now have rules for all of that. But the primary Achilles heel then is that if you just want to play battle mechs, there's a chance that you could have four different rule books on the table. And that sucks. <laughs> uh, that is a huge Achilles heel. And so about a year ago, I came up with this idea of, okay, th there's so much to love about what we did in Total Warfare. The the clarity of the rules, the the crazy back and forth with the community to to look at the errata and ask them questions and how are you playing this and you know what is this actual rule and how should that be ruled and and so the the total warfare line of rule books i still think is the is the most clear so far as how the game is played but the problem is is again if you're not perfectly memorized every single rule and you're trying to find that one odd rule about Battletech play, it could be hidden somewhere in amongst all of these other rules about large vehicles and support vehicles and aerospace fighters and dropships and battle armor and infantry. And, and so it, it can just be annoying. And while some players absolutely play it all, uh, I think most of us for a good chunk of the time, we're just going to, let's throw some X on the table and get playing. Yeah. Uh, and so we were working on a new rule book. In fact, I was just watching uh, while I was in this chat, there was a, a sample layout uh, of some of the pages that showed up and the uh, sorry, I had my page kind of blink. No problem. Again. That's weird. Um, and the uh, uh, notification that uh, the editor has dropped some more uh, chapters in for to start the layout process. Uh, but we've been working on this rule book for a while. So yeah, I, I, I'd come up with the idea about a year ago and then put up a proposal and sent it out. And then Ray Arrestia, who's, uh, uh, you know, my... <laughs> right-hand man that helps me make everything work because I, I wear so many hats that, you know, I just can't concentrate on Battletech all the time. And so he helps keep things absolutely moving forward. He's just awesome at that. Um, but he had simultaneously already gotten some guys working on this project as well. Without uh, talking to you first? Uh, with, well, just really it was... It was him and some of our the best of our volunteers that really kind of work on, like, the master unit list. Um a website that were like, Hey, let's, let's go ahead and do like a chapter. So we have it as a proof of concept to then show Randall to say, Hey, should we get going? And so then it was one of those great moments where I'm like, Hey, I think this would be a really awesome thing to do. And Ray's like, That's here's great. a chat. Here's a chapter. What do you think about it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it, it took us a while to get going. Uh, but the last little while we've been going round and round and round on it. And the last of it's been, like I said, the last of it's being reviewed. And, and so the whole goal on this book is to create a, <clears throat> we're never going to please everyone. 
you never can in this type of thing. And there's certainly a situation where, you know, well, why did you take that piece of equipment or that role out of tech ops and add it into this new one and not this other piece? Because I really wanted this other thing. Uh, and so hopefully the goal is our experience and hitting all of our demo agents and all of the volunteers and looking at the boards and looking at where the questions are asked and trying to create a volume that's, you know, here is the book that 95% of the players are have 95% of anything they'd ever want when they're playing battle mechs. So, you know, all the stuff that I had to strip out because of room, you know, artilleries and minefields and all the things that all the old rule books used to have, they're all now back in and folded in. And so the goal is hopefully as you come in and sit down, you're going to be able to grab one rule book and go to the table and have almost anything you could ever possibly want battle mech related. Uh, but with that same clarity that kind of came out of the total warfare style of, of books. Um, so that's, you know, we've got the cover art in that I was kind of showing off and, uh, in the coming days and weeks, I'll start posting up on our Tumblr, the Catalyst Tumblr, uh, and and start talking about the design process and how we're doing it, and and kind of mixing some of the stuff up even more of the the presentation on it. Uh, and it's and it's uh, called the Battle Mech Manual uh, is the actual title of the book. So, well, actually, I can kind of. Well, no, I can't show that yet. So. <laughs> I was about to like, maybe I can show you. No, no. I, we were I'm we a... were inches away from seeing. Yeah, it, but... yeah, I might get in trouble on that. But, <laughs> no uh, worries. We'll we'll but... have you back. Yeah. So oh, you ba- absolutely. So yeah. So the best place for people to follow along to to get news on that is your Tumblr. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, I, I tend to post up there every day, if not every other day. And now that, that you know, beware that the Tumblr is for everything that we do at Catalyst. And so it it might be for a new board game we're working on. It might be for Shadowrun. Uh, it might even be just me talking about, hey, you know, I had a good role playing session last night, and here was kind of some of the story elements that came out of it. And so, you know, I'm a, I'm an equal opportunity gamer and I, I, I play and share everything that I do, uh, but there's plenty of good uh, development on the Battletech side, uh, sneak peeks you can uh, catch up there. You know, All right, well, I, I dropped the link of the Tumblr in chat there so uh, you guys can get that. Now, there's a lot of, uh, I have a few more questions. We've already kept you well over the time that we said we we're going to. And like I said, I think Phil and I could talk to you for hours. But I, well, I need to get. Uh, I, I would actually like to get back to just like a, a, a once a month uh, on with you guys. I think that. Oh, we'd awesome. love to have so you. I just need to flog myself to make that happen. Absolutely. Um, so I'm getting a lot of uh, personal questions submitted right now from our viewers, and they want to ask you all kinds of technical questions. We're not going to throw you on, those onto you tonight, but if somebody <laughs> does want to ask you questions. What's the best way to, to, to kind of reach you? Is there an email or is it like uh, Twitter? Uh, actually, Twitter works really well. I try really hard to answer all the Twitter questions that get popped to me, but also just, you know, Randall at CatalystGameLabs.com. Uh, emails can take a little longer because I get, you know. A ton of them every day. <laughs> I get so many emails. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, so, so sometimes I can get a little backlogged, so that might take a little longer. But uh, specific questions, usually through Twitter, as long as they're you know kind of short and succinct, I can usually power through those real quick. All right. So just so you all know out there, I'm not ignoring your questions or anything like that. But like I said, we've already kept them over time. Um, a few follow-up questions. We did mention that a lot of people ask us, and they do regularly, where should we start with the novels? Where you know They're faced with 100 novels, and where do I start? Uh, we get the same question in regards to tabletop. Uh, would you recommend 
Alpha Strike as an entry level for the tabletop? Would you not? Would you say, you know, where would you, if somebody's interested in the tabletop, which lots of people are in our community, where do we send them? Uh, that's, that can be a tough question. And it's unfortunately made tougher right now in the fact that the introductory box set is currently out of stock. So that, you know, makes it difficult to go, Hey, just go get the uh, introductory box. So eBay. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So it, you know, it's, it's wending its way through the process of getting a reprint. You know, anytime you go overseas with a big box set, it's almost a half a year uh, worth of it. And if you just kind of miss your timing just a little bit, it kind of piles some extra months on there, unfortunately. Um, if it was out, though, <laughs> uh, uh, between the two, it really kind of comes down to uh, the type of gamer that you are, your experience. Um, if you have never, ever played a miniatures game, uh, then Battletech can be ridiculously intimidating. So absolutely, I would say, go grab the Alpha Strike uh, rule book and two lance packs and you're good to go and you're off and running um if you're a little more seasoned you you've played a couple of other miniatures games uh then absolutely i could see you know pointing them at the box set and the, the nice thing about the box set is you know we like to call it the best deal in gaming there is just so much ridiculous value in that that you could play years worth of, of games just out of that one box so often it's, you know, if, if you yourself want to get into it, it's just kind of asking yourself, you know, hey, you know, have I played a miniatures game before? Does that look interesting? Uh, the other thing you can do is up on the uh, Battletech.com website, uh, there's free quick start rules both for Alpha Strike as well as for the uh, uh, the standard Battletech play. Uh, and both of them are 12 pages or less. So you could almost do a side-by-side, just take a quick look at them and go, yeah, that seems a little much for me. Or you might look at it and go, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm diving right in, you know, up to my gills. Uh, So you just, you know, you need to do a little bit of testing. You know, it's kind of like when I have new people show up for gaming and and they're like, yeah, I'd love to game. And then I'm like, okay, what was the last game you played? And you're like, oh, (laughs) I I played Sorry. Well, Monopoly, yeah. Yeah, then, then let me get Dixit, you know, uh-huh. or, you know, I I, uh, I played Dominion. Okay, well, then, you know, I'm going to get Crossfire, Dead of Winter, you know, pull out a whole bunch of a lot more in-depth games. So it's, you know, it's really kind of gauging their experience to ensure that that what they get out of it is is the best we can give them. My tabletop sessions usually started on Friday night after everybody got off work and they lasted until Sunday. And there were a lot of relationships that suffered because of it, but we had a good time. Well, <laughs> and, you know... You were talking about this sort of new battle mech, uh, you know, rule book. And I feel like that sort of hits the nail on the head, which is we've talked about this is how much time investment like, OK, let's start up. a, You know, let's let's do a tabletop session. Well, last time I played, it was like, well, what if we wanted to do this? And, you know, well, you know, your game master has to know all the rule or you have to go searching and you have to look. And, and that was one of the things that I felt like was sort of a. I guess what a hindrance would be, uh, you know, and, and like just letting sort of the flow of, of a match, you know, sort of a tabletop session go. Um, but a part of me is like, you know, I, I liked out Al- and I like alpha strike, but a part of me also says there's something, I don't know. It sort of sort of integral to like having to fill in every single bubble 
of your mech on the armor and structure and having to roll your dice and having to keep track of heat and having to like there's something fun about that as well hell so, yeah not something like, fun that's what the fun is <laughs> and you know so like I'm, I'm sort of torn of like you know yes your time is precious but sometimes i feel like you just need you know have you know just have a few beers know that you're going to be there for hours make sure pizza's you know available and just have a long night you know and phil will be over at your place in in a couple hours <laughs> have the beer and the pizza ready right no I, I, absolutely like i said i i am a you know i i'm an equal opportunity gamer of almost every stripe i'll play almost any type of game outside of you know the aforementioned Asarian monopoly um but you know sometimes it's i just want a quick little game and i'll grab a quick little card game uh and other times you know i'm i'm setting twilight you know twilight imperium up and i'm gonna be here for eight or nine hours and that's awesome so uh you i, I know, did it's... i did have another question for you and this is uh, this is battle tech uh card game can you get can you tell us a little bit of history about the card game because i got into the card game back in the day as well is that something that you guys have thought about uh, back into not so well one the the trading card game the mechanisms and all that are not owned by they're actually owned by watsi so we wouldn't actually be able to you know we'd have to either go back and license that from them or, or do something completely new um we're not um I, I actually enjoy the game. You know, I still have, uh, you know, Smoke Jaguar missile deck and, you know, my Rasselhag tank deck. And so, I, you know, I still pull it out and play it now. Uh, it was a very fun game. Um, but the the other thing that um, uh, I can say we are starting to want to do, and we've started to do a Shadowrun, uh, which is just to do other tabletop games set within this universe. You know, do a, a little Solaris dueling card game, which... You know, I'm somebody almost... just said Solaris mode in chat, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, so here I'll okay, just that would be awesome. So, if, give me a sec here if I can yep. hold this up without hurting myself. So, you know, for example, I have this play test that I'm just starting to play test. Let's see if you guys can, I don't know if you can see that. I see a Marauder, yeah. Yeah, so this is actually three cards that make up one card that give you the various uh, elements of, of speed, combat, and uh, defense. Uh, and so we are starting to work on that. Absolutely. So, you know, wow. Solaris, Solaris Dueling card game. Uh, you know, 20, 25 bucks, you pick it up, and it's a great way to jump into that. And then Love after it. that, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, big, robust uh, board game. Uh, so th th those are also elements that, yes, we want to, you know, we want to do the novels and we want to do these other things. But, you know, the the Baltic universe is so awesome that, you know, of course, people are going to want to experience it in different ways when they're in a different mood or, or they don't. They have the people that would be perfectly willing to play a tabletop game set in such a compelling universe, but nah, maybe not so much miniatures for them. So those are other avenues we're absolutely exploring. I was going to say, I just pulled out my I, I knew you were getting something back there. Uh, here's the uh, Rules of Engagement Clan book. Uh, this is the quick reference. Got the just keep in mind that Randall and I can't see it until oh, you know, yeah, there's yeah. a delay. Uh, no, no, it's all good. To me, um, it, it's there, there's oh, a yeah. few there's a few games out there um, like uh, and they're not trading card like more like Hearthstone. Gwent. And to me, oh my! Like yeah. seriously, talk about crack. If 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 you guys. 
or if someone did a up-to-date sort of Battletech sort of version of that. Yeah, you will have a lot of wallets thrown at you. It, it, whether it's, I think it would be fantastic. I think it's from a market standpoint and gamers, I think electronic sort of PC, whatever would. Well, would with Hearthstone, with Gwent, you know, those kinds of but, card games dude, are very popular. I, I, it would be fantastic. I like, you, I just, I don't know. Like a part of me is. Uh, so was that your personal uh, wish list there, Phil? Yeah, I was hoping he'd be like, well, it just so happens. It just so happens, happens it's coming out. Well, uh, the, the, the problem with Hearthstone is, it be, uh, seeing as how it's an electronic version of it, is that the, you know, it, it comes from being a 35-year-old property that's been so successful across so many different mediums, uh, is that it's divided up. So we don't actually have access to the electronic rights. Right. Gotcha. Uh, you know, uh, what Piranha <laughs> got for MechWarrior Online and what uh, Jordan and Hairbrain Schemes got, you know, that didn't come through us. Yeah. No. yeah. Now, yeah. wonderfully, you know, I, I I worked all the way back through to, you know, MechWarrior 3 and, uh, and uh, it was uh, Microprose. And for the longest time, you know, they treated the tabletop as, you know, the redheaded stepchild. They wouldn't give us the time of day, no respect at all. Uh, and what I love most about uh, MechWarrior Online and, and Hairbrain Schemes is just how much respect they pay to the the canonicity and to the heritage and the legacy and how much they bring us on board to look at, you know, how can we mesh this together and how can we make it as an authentic Battletech experience as possible. Uh, and and so that has, has been absolutely wonderful. But again, for any other electronic related things, it's always just so much more complex. So, well, we uh, love we love the lore that you've been doing for uh, MechWarrior Online. So please continue. Love those stories. So I was going to say, uh, Jordan or Mitch or Russ, and if if you're watching this, just come on, guys, card game like Hearthstone, work with, but work with work with Randall. Let's you make literally, this happen. It, it, people, it's money. They would throw like because yeah. I mean it would be a per- perfect filler time. Like oh my, that, like yeah. I said. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I would yeah. I would love to see it as well. I would We're going to gun for well. it, I think, is what Phil's saying. Oh, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. I'm, Speaking I'm, of uh, uh, Harebrained, and we, we mentioned Hyper RPG, uh, their role-playing game and their tabletop, I want to get your opinion on that. First of all... I'm jealous. Yeah, like, <laughs> that is the most awesome tabletop. It is huge, the size of the mechs. I have multiple questions with this. Number one, it's just, what is your feeling on that? Um, could we ever possibly see a tabletop of that scale happen officially? <laughs> and number two, right along with it, is 3D printing. Have you considered anything with 3D printing? Like we were talking about uh, minis, and, and I don't want to touch on anything that I shouldn't hear, but is there, the, is there at all the possibility of, for example, Catalyst maybe selling the files or something like that so that people could print their own minis? I don't know the legalities there. But uh, people are doing amazing things. Obviously, Jordan did, or you know, whoever did the the minis for uh, Hyper RPG, quote unquote minis. Um, your thoughts on all of that? Because I, yeah, Phil and I are both extremely jealous of that tabletop and those minis. Well, there, there's a again, there, there's many questions in there, so I'll try to uh, parse them out. Uh, one is, I love what they're doing. Uh, now they clarified in that RPG uh, uh, stream, so in case anyone else has that, there there is absolutely nothing canon uh, of course. about uh, about what they're doing. Uh, but they are simply having the most brilliantly fun time 
wedding the tabletop game with the role-playing game in an interactive way uh, and, and streaming it. And it's, I love it because it's genius. Uh, I love the experiment of here's this new streaming technologies and sure. It's so much easier to show that interaction on the electronic side. How do you do it on the tabletop side? And I think they're doing a great job at how that works out. And then yeah. the first time I watched them and they then hit, you know, hit that hunchback in the right arm with a large laser and they pull it up and put it back there and pull out a blowtorch and start <laughs> melting it. And the first thing was just the pain of no you can't do that to a mini uh and then the second thought was the financial side it was i know how much expensive oh yeah they're expensive as shit yeah uh and then the last point was i had to pause the stream because i was laughing so hard because i just thought it was the coolest funnest thing ever like oh they're they're actually drilling holes into the mech when it gets hit by auto cannons like how awesome is that so all of that is just awesome. I just love yeah. it to death. And they've, they've been trying to get me on for a, a good long time now. The problem is, is they do the broadcast on Friday, and that's my normal uh, Friday night game night. And so I, I'm just like, uh, but I got all these other people that want to play games. So, you know, I've been having a hard time making that work. I'm still you, hoping you I can. You need a clone, Randall. You need a clone. Yes, that, that would be awesome. I would definitely love one of those. Um so then the second uh, question is, we absolutely have been looking at, you know, how can we do larger miniatures? How can we, you know, can we just sell um, the the CAD files in whatever formats needed so people can do their own rapid prototyping? And, and again, there's, there, there's so many questions. There's lots of legalities and uh, there, there's a, a lot of questions to be answered, but absolutely we are looking at that absolutely i would love to see it happen uh and so you know we are pushing on that it's just a case of you know do we get there can we get there sure understood well this has been a very long podcast i think we're actually gonna fill dump the rest of the content we had for tonight um and and finish with randall and we'll be done here but uh Thank you so much for coming back. And absolutely, we are excited. And, um, you know, we'd be thrilled to have you back as often as you want to. Um, once a month, once every other month, whatever you have time for or when you get your clone uh, situated. Well, we'll see him soon. Oh, we are. Yeah, we're here. going to uh, MechCon. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't, can't wait for it. Uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm absolutely looking forward to, uh, you know, to, again, you know, maybe just do it every four weeks. You know, this sure. uh, now. You know, hopefully not each one of these is quite this long. <laughs> no, I, well, that, that'll that be the, the, the upside is that they'll be shorter. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, lots of questions. I've probably not. In, no, in, it'll in probably, ages, but, we'll uh, probably be talking. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, then I'll, I'll just, we'll have to be better at it. But no, actually, yeah. uh, tonight actually ends up working pretty well. Uh, you know, kids are well ensconced in what they're doing and, and wife's still working. So uh, well, these we appreciate it. It, it, it end up working pretty good. And I, I, I love talking about tech. I love talking with you guys in community. So it's all good. We can tell uh, you are one of us. Um, uh, I, 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 I am the world's biggest Baltic fan. You know, there is there is no doubt in my mind. <laughs> well, I just say gamer, you know, like, uh, you know, we, we all play a lot of games. And so it's. Just, oh, yeah, I yeah. I. You know, I actually what's what's been really awesome is is uh, my son has, you know, he grew up this giant gamer group coming up through high school. And then he, 
you know, there were times when I was running like a 12 person D and D game, which was the <laughs> most insane thing imaginable. Uh, but we'd have, you know, eight, nine boys playing, you know, like a nine player eclipse for eight hours. It was just glorious. That is so cool, man. Uh, and now my daughter who's four, and now, you know, most of them have all gone off to college. And so now it's just this little nugget of them left. <laughs> sure. Uh, but my daughter's 14. Uh, and she's a gamer, not quite as insane as Bryn was, but she still loves gaming. And we just started having her bring over her friends. And so we're actually on our third game night. And the first game night, man, five excited 14-year-old girls doing <laughs> geeky stuff was the loudest thing I've... I, I don't even think... Like, I, I've been to concerts that were more quiet than that. But it didn't matter because they were playing games and they were loving it. We were yeah. downstairs playing games. You know, we, we just love it. I, I love it for the 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 human interaction i love it to do it with my kids i love it to do it with the friends i i i'm a giant game pusher i will push it on anyone <laughs> that is awesome my uh almost six-year-old daughter is a uh, natasha kerensky in the making uh she loves um the, the mechs i actually i lost yeah i lost all my mech models she took them all so um <laughs> i guess i got more stuff i gotta buy if i want mint condition but uh, anyway uh, yeah, it's awesome. And I, and I love that about you, you know, that, uh, like I said, that you are one of us now, speaking of Metcon, what are you going to be? Some of these people in chat are going to be there. What, it, what are you going to be doing there? Um, you were at the launch party launch party in San yeah, Francisco. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that was a blast. Um, I well, bought one then, of your shirts. Are you going to have more shirts? Are you going to have tabletop stuff there? Uh, we, uh, I hope to is the, is the best I can say at this point. We're still trying sure. to figure it out because it's, it's in Canada, and so you're bringing, you know, product into Canada, and how does that work out? And so, absolutely, I would love to have brand new T-shirts. Uh, at at Gen Con, we had a. Am I wearing that thing? Oh no, I'm not. Unfortunately, I wore it yesterday. Uh, we did like a kind of a uh, that athletic style of T-shirt where it's gray and it's got like you know a, a big logo of of the school on it, and it was the the NAS athletic shirt with a new reimagined image of the shadow Hawk on the back. Nice. And, and it just blew out. Like it sold faster than any Baltech shirt we've done in a good number of years. So we hope to have that up there, hope to have dice up there and some other Baltech games. Um, and then some, you know, hopefully some other cool stuff that we can be, uh, are you going to be running off. any alpha strike or anything like that? Uh, absolutely. The, the, um, I, actually i i totally blinked whether it's alpha strike or the standard game i think it's alpha strike but we absolutely have some of our uh, demo agents that are going to be there uh, running games the whole time and i'm going to be doing q a sessions and apparently there's going to be a kind of a round table with jordan and russ yes. and me and yep. all sitting down and doing that and i i'm trying to very carefully rope in some other names that we can hopefully bring along as well so it's is that uh, what you're it, it, it should be fantastic. <laughs> no, you <laughs> what that, rope doing is that, what? Is that is that what you like kids you were like, "Oh yeah, you're going to be going No, you're you're going to be walking the people. floor with a, a microphone. Oh, okay. But uh I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that round table, kind of the history of BattleTech and Mechware, I think. And 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 man, that's the just going to be four horsemen all together. Yeah, it's basically like, it's going to be amazing having you guys all there. We're already see this people in chat saying I'll be there and I'm going to talk your ear off. Um Yeah, no, I I love it. I can't wait to go there. Well, we're looking forward to that. Actually, last week when we thought we were going to have you on the podcast, I wore my uh, my Battlemaster schematic shirt that I bought off you. Nice, awesome, <laughs> yeah, love it. So we're looking forward to it. Um, so everybody out there, 
uh, you know, that if you're going to be, whether you're going to be attending MechCon, you can go up by and, and say hi to Randall, check out their tabletop stuff. You can check out CatalystGameLabs.com as well as, uh, I just want to make sure, yeah, Battlecore.com as well. I'll put the links in chat. So, wow, that was a hell of a show, Randall. <laughs> awesome. Glad, uh, glad to be on here. And I, I could kind of feel my my own pent up excitement to sit and talk with you guys. So that's yeah. why I would, I kept looking at the time and I'm like, yeah, I'm not done. Let's, let's <laughs> talk. Man. Let's keep going. But, but yeah, it's actually reaching time to be getting kids ready for bed. So this is almost like a done. round table with probably should uh, be wrapping Russ. it up. Yeah. yeah no, no doubt about it. So thank you very much. And uh, yeah, like I said, guys, uh, everybody out there in chat, we're not getting to the rest of the content. We will be here next week uh, with a podcast, usual time, usual place. And we'll cover uh, MWO news and stuff like that. But once again, Randall, thank you for making the time. Thank you for being here. We'll talk to you about future shows. And uh, Absolutely glad to be on. Thanks for everyone that uh, came by to check us out. Awesome. Yeah. Phil, you want to take us out? Yeah, I just want to say again, uh, Randall Bills, uh, thank you for being here. It's always a pleasure. And of course, we get to hang out with you very, very soon, albeit with a little less beard. But it is all right. We'll, we'll we'll be all right. Uh, quick it's shout out good. to all of our listeners, our new viewers, all of our new subs, and of course, if uh, you'd like to help support NGNG TV, make sure to click that follow button. Check out all of our information down below. We will have this podcast up on YouTube and SoundCloud as soon as possible. This was your local No Guts No Galaxy Mechware podcast signing off for tonight. This is Phil, and this is Darren. Until next time, Mech Warriors. <laughs>